You are listening to a conservative review production. Trust, but verify. You're listening to The Conservative Conscience. In Washington, politicians are full of half-truths and hot air. The Conservative Conscience is here to help you cut through the rhetoric and noise and explore the politically right way to think about the issues. You'll dive into one of the most insightful conservative minds in America. Conservative Review's senior editor, Daniel Horowitz, and along with co-host Joe Koss, they break down the major issues in Washington. You are now entering The Conservative Conscience. Welcome back to The Conservative Conscience. This is your host, Daniel Horowitz. I got my co-host Joe Cost in the house with me today. It is the 7th of July, 2016. Just got over the Independence Day weekend after that surge in patriotism in your blood and your family for a couple days. Now you got to go back to the reality of the anti-patriotism that we're exposed to on a daily basis. Certainly if you read Conservative Review, um, uh, they always call me the Grim Reaper. Not exactly great patriotic news going on on any front in Congress, in the courts, in the states, in the FBI, in the presidential election. A lot going on. Um, you know, but what I always try to do, you know, aside for just talking about the news of the day, because you really see that at Conservative Review, there's certainly enough of my writings to go on thousands of words per week there um, on a just disparate uh, scope of issues. And, and really, when I say news of the day, I mean what should be the news of the day, but unfortunately isn't always the news of the day. For for these recordings, I always like to take a broader thematic look and just kind of tie everything together, you know, and think more broadly about what what we're faced with in the long run. And I, I've gotten this question from a lot of people, that if you take the totality of what we've put out at Conservative Review the last few years, certainly the last few months, where you have Republicans downright scoring points for the other side, where you have Republicans serving as a blocking mechanism for the left's agenda, isn't it better to just have the Democrats win outright and come to some sort of conclusion where we could actually rebuild a party that could serve as a vehicle rather than having a vehicle delivered to the, to the other side? I want to make the case today... And we'll we'll let Joe weigh in here. I I know some of you are gonna, are going to want to throw tomatoes at me. I want to make the case at least at this juncture. We could change in September, October, depending on what goes on. And I know we do have the military problems that you certainly don't want another four years of a Democrat administration just killing our military. But I want to say that it is perhaps better for the Democrats to win it in a blowout. I want Hillary to win. I want 100 Democrat senators. I want 435 Democrat House members. What do you think about that, Joe? Am I nuts? Well, yeah, but not just because of that. <laughs> Look, when when you told me this before the podcast, I wanted to come down with laryngitis or a sore throat because I didn't want to be associated with it. But as we talked, I knew I knew that you had a point. And I told you flat out that I, I disagree. And the reason that I disagree is because I think that the more we allow leftists and progressives to be in charge in our country, whether or not they're opposed or or, or not, it, it sort of 
creates a callus on our souls and allows us to become more, not indoctrinated, but just used to the way that the leftists and the progressives run the country. So we sort of say, well, you know, it's a lot easier to swim downstream or across the stream than upstream. So the further down we go, you know, if we, if, if, you know, Hillary and the, the House turns over to the Dems and even the Senate, it's just going to sweep us downstream even further and it's going to be harder to get back to where we need to go. So I'd rather just sort of like swim off to the bank a little bit, get in some standing water, and then make some headway when, you know, the flow s- calms down a little bit in the fall. And I don't mean just this fall, but I mean, you know, a couple years from now, two years from now, four years from now, etc. So does that mean that I'm going to run out and... and wave a Trump flag? Probably not. But I also don't think that, you know, I'm going to cheer a Hillary victory or that I want to see it because I think somehow it's going to make us better. Alrighty, Joe, I could not have said that better. What you just said is almost a summation on my last podcast, the lack of moral clarity, because that, that's the big right. problem. It's like, I'm thinking, guys, do you know what's going on? I mean, they're saying that a guy with a penis is a woman and suing a state because of it. All right, we have the Muslim Brotherhood in charge of our DHS. Dude, like, and, but you're right, we become desensitized. Our side becomes desensitized. All right, here's the deal, Joe. I agree with that premise so much that I come to the opposite conclusion. And that's what I want (laughs) to kind of explore for the next 20 minutes. It's kind of like, you know, when I feel you're like um, James Comey, where you laid out the exact case I want to make, and you come, well, uh, and therefore we're not going to prosecute Hillary. Um, I want to move in the opposite direction. Here's why, for for exactly the reasons you mentioned. You know, this week, um, you know, as you guys might have noticed, we've covered this at Conservative Review. The Republicans were promoting the Muslim Brotherhood agenda in the House. They were passing a bill to create a new bureaucracy amidst the biggest bloated bureaucracy, DHS, around um, to monitor extremism in the country, <laughs> um, which, you know, well, shouldn't DHS be monitoring terrorism already? I mean, they are. And like we noted, this is the Muslim Brotherhood's agenda. And I had a member of Congress text me while he was on the floor with some members. And when, and and knowing who this member is, I won't divulge his name, but he wasn't with Tom Cole and the, you know, McCarthy, Paul Ryan crowd. It was with, you know, the Freedom Caucus type of guys. He was like, they don't know what we're talking about with the Muslim Brotherhood. They, they, they don't know. Uh, who Who's, where, where are their Muslim Brotherhood people involved? Um, you know, so I sent him, I said, well, you could start with the Daily Caller article. You remember the House... Um, Homeland Security Advisory Committee, HSAC, where you had an ISNA. ISNA was one of the groups um, uh, implicated in the Holy Land Foundation trials, a front group for the Muslim Brotherhood. The president of ISNA was on them. He's rapidly anti-Semitic. You had another member who said 9-11 changed the world for good as part of the Homeland Security Advisory Council. And it was like, wow, Daniel, this was eye-opening. Like, you fools, you guys didn't see this? But... I had another conservative member who's legislative director. So I know his press secretary is, is a friend of mine. And she told them about this bill. Like, you know, there's the Muslim brother agenda. He looked at her like she was from Mars, like she was in a different world. Um, oh, that's a conspiracy. The Democrats are doing such egregious stuff. But there's two problems. One, it is evidently still too subtle. Even our guys don't get it. Their brains can't comprehend that people could do such bad stuff. 
So, Joe, exactly like you said, they become desensitized to it. They already are desensitized to it. I want to, let me just summarize. There are two reasons why I believe it is better to just bust this, burn it down to the ground and rebuild. One is when you have the other side, when you have Republicans rubber stamping the other side's agenda, it proves the veracity of the other side. It helps them out. I want to demonstrate that more. And number two, for exactly what you said, the frog in the boiling water, the desensitized thing, it is too subtle by having this phony opposition that kind of blocks stuff, but really doesn't, and in fact actually accelerates it worse than if we just had the Democrats. I, that's why I'd rather for, for, the, for a few years just have full Democrat control. Let me address each thing, Joe, one by one. Proves the veracity of the other side. Okay, let me, let, let's get back to our sports analogies here. You got a football team, you know, making running plays, um, tossing passes, and let's say the defense, the opposing team, half the time they catch the ball and run the other side's end zone, score points the other team. But even when they don't, let, let's, let's, let's use the more subtle example. They don't make the tackles. They don't make, they have, you know, a lot of people, um, someone on Twitter, and, and um, I apologize if I forget who it was, pinged me, said, giving the GOP ammo is like giving penguins computers. They'll never figure out how to use it. Everyone's wondering, the FBI director just said that the woman who is running to be president, the Democrat nominee, would never get a security clearance and would be fired from the FBI after what she did. Putting criminal charges aside. But just the gross negligence involved in handling national security. What, what, what? How do you not beat her over the head? Yet Trump and the rest of the Republicans are kind of impotent in that. Issue after issue we pointed out, Republicans refuse to make the play. They refuse to make the tackle. So let me ask you, what's worse? If you want to dis- discredit a team... What's worse, to have an opposing team that looks like they're playing a game, albeit they don't make the tackles, but it's too subtle. So it looks like the other team is strong, victorious, good. Or, here's my other scenario. You have no men on the field, blatantly. You let them toss balls to themselves and make running plays and win 200 to nothing. Everyone will laugh at that. They will see directly what is going on. As you could tell where I'm headed with this point, the problem is Republicans keep scoring points for the other side. I have a piece going out you know, today about the DOJ lawsuit against North Carolina, literally codifying transgenderism, saying you're discriminating, you're being sex stereotypical by saying a guy with a penis is a man and she used the men's room. Republicans just passed the Justice Department appropriation bill and didn't address it, refused to address it. So you have kind of a fake fight. Well, the, you know, the American people know the Republicans have a sour face about it. They know they kind of oppose it, but they see the Democrats winning. They see only their views getting out into the public square. Post-Orlando response. What's the GOP response? We had eight different options that they could do, we put out. Um, you know, how about this, Jiu-Jitsu Joe? How about, you know, they want to talk about the terror watch list? Okay, any non-citizen, because they say there's a lot of them on the terror watch list, should be deported, expedited deportation, which there is due process, just expedited process. Um, and these are non-citizens. That's a jujitsu. No, 
Instead, Muslim Brotherhood agenda, DHS, could you combat violent extremism for us? Here's an extra 10 million of grants to do so. Um, and then the gun control agenda. Literally, they, they, they validate and legitimize the other side's agenda. Joe, could you imagine if you just had the Democrats? If they had everything, they would have to own it. At some point, they would have to own it. And then connected by a second point, it is still too subtle. It's too subtle even for conservative members. They don't want to believe half the stuff we put out. Oh, no, it's not really. They're not doing that. Obama's not doing that. Oh, no. I, you know, Muslim Brotherhood's not really there. No, no. All right, whatever. <laughs> I mean, these are conservative members. Conservatives, they have are certainly the leadership folks in the House. So that's why, Joe, I, I don't know. I mean, I'll give, you, I'll give you your rebuttal here. But I really think that it's because we've become desensitized. Because there's nothing that Democrats could do that will be so egregious that will elicit a united response under the current Republican Party as it's constituted. I think we just need to turn the, the, the water up. There is no way to salvage it. We are past the point of no return. I don't, I don't know. How could we get worse than transgenderism? I don't understand what is worse biologically. What is a worse violation of natural law um, than codifying transgenderism into law to the point that you now start going after private entities for not allowing men in female bathrooms? I mean, I, I guess I could say I'm eligible to run for a judge or attorney general. I'm a lawyer. I'm always writing about legal stuff. I even wrote a book about it. Hey, I'll take your, you know, Joe here has a law degree. I'll take yours. I feel like a lawyer. I'm a trans attorney. I mean, there's no, and you know, you might laugh at it, but that's not nearly as absurd as violating the most immutable biological natural law of a guy with a penis being a male. So what I want to say is we've already been desensitized. Look, Joe, even conservatives, I feel like I'm the only one who refuses to use their parlance. LGBT, LGBT. It's like, like, it's a legitimate thing. So let's say I want to, like, chop my arms off. You know, I want to make myself handicapped. I feel like I'm handy. I feel like I'm black. I feel like I'm Hispanic. I color my face. I'm trans. Let, let, let's use another um, uh, ampute, amputee, uh, LGBTA. Um, we have our own side legitimizing the most absurd things. I'm saying, Joe, aren't we there already? Aren't we there? Isn't it better let me give you an alternative universe. Alternative universe is Hillary's elected. And I, I just want to say, just for our folks here, some of my calculus, if there was a more likable Democrat, I would be a little bit more leery about this. Um, I mean, an Obama has a 52% approval rating, despite everything, because Republicans have validated his agenda. They refuse to litigate the case against him. Hillary is so hated personality-wise, I think that would do us good in the long run. We need to stop looking past just the next election. Let them win everything and own it. Oh, but then real bad things will happen. Real bad things are already happening, and they're already under the trajectory. I, I know I said, yeah, I hate the filibuster here. One more thing. Um, I hear your response here. You, you know, I want to talk about the courts as well. I noted in my piece that if we don't do anything about the courts, which under the current Republican Party, current conservative movement, there is no movement to do what I am laying out in my book to strip the courts of their jurisdiction over societal issues. You could elect Ted Cruz type of guys 
for governor, state legislature, house, senate, and even president. It won't matter because everything you do will be enjoined in a court. There is an entire legal profession that has the ability to get standing in every jurisdiction and enjoin almost everything you do. And even if you ultimately win in the Supreme Court, it will take five years, up to five years and and millions of dollars bankrupting the states to defend the most common sense immigration enforcement laws, abortion laws, religious liberty laws, um, just election districts are being thrown out. And these are milquetoast Republicans. Could you imagine if you had real, you know, people like us that did righteous stuff? The left would enjoin that in the courts. So my point is, I don't think we could benefit much anyway if we don't look at fundamental changes. And I think the only way to get fundamental changes is to look beyond the next election. And the only way to look beyond the next election is allowing the other dudes to win. What say you, Joe? Well, there's a lot to unpack there, obviously. I mean... To me, you made a you made an important point at the end there about Hillary and being not as likable and whatnot. But to me, the problem is that there's two facets to these public policy discussions that we often forget about. Or, or I should say there's two layers to it, and we forget about one of them. The first layer is just sort of the legal aspect of it. What What's being forced upon it? You know, how bathrooms operate, how what bathrooms are called, who's allowed to go in them, what the status is of the person, how we define that, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. But what we also f- fail to forget about is that second layer, which is sort of the social construct and the social dimension of it. For example, you and I are both parents. What do we tell our kids and what are our kids told and whether or not, you know, and, and this this applies to a lot of different things. If you send your children to a public or private school, an institutional-based school, those schools are going to be made to conform to not only the rules, but sort of the social construct of it. How we talk about these people, how we talk about the situation, what words they're allowed to use. And then you say, okay, well, you fix the problem by keeping them and letting them be homeschooled. Well, that's fine and dandy, except for the fact that does that not give a sort of prima facie de facto stamp of saying you're doing it wrong, your societal take, your philosophical take is wrong, it's rude, it's hateful, it's whatever it is. You know, that that's what underlies all of these things, the transgendered bathrooms, uh, the Muslim Brotherhood. BT, BT. BT, right. so, <laughs> LGBT, like, and, and they blithely do it, and, and they somehow even get our own guys singing on their mm-hmm. tune. Can we seed that ground? Right. But, but that's my point, is that I don't want to allow that to go unchecked for, for any length of time more than, it, than it's going to by them winning these victories. So I'm saying— an, But Republicans have Congress, right. and it is going unchecked. I mean, are you saying the presidency would— Oh, well, I don't want to fall. Don't, don't, don't let me fall. <laughs> only we had the presidency. We could do more. Uh, it's, it's not that we, if we had the presidency, we could do more. It's that I want to do less harm. I feel like this is trench warfare. And I feel like they're making a strong move and have made a strong move over the last, I would say, 10 to 15 years. Now, obviously, progressivism is always moving forward. Conservatism is sort sure. of always hearkening back. The right. ratchet. Our, our lovely ratchet here. We only go four. That's and, and so that therein lies my point is the ratchet. If 
we go forward too far, it's, you know, ratchet or a zip tie. When you pull that zip tie, you know, you keep getting closer and closer and closer. And your your argument is sort of like saying, hey, we haven't gotten tight enough to the fact that we're going to panic and cut it off. And you want to cinch it down just a couple more because you feel like just a couple more will get just tight enough. I want to break the ratchet. <laughs> That's the thing. I want to smash but, the but ratchet. See, I believe that. And I feel the only way we do that is by just, you know, really screwing people. Uh, and, and I don't. I, I think that. The way, come on! If we had if we had eighty percent tax rate, if we started having a federal law shutting off people's toilets, um, shutting off their air conditioning beyond a certain point, what I'm saying, people need to feel it. Don't you? The problem is too subtle. It's too subtle, and that's that. That's what the ratchet is, or the frog in the boiling water. They get away with it. It's too. I mean, it's bad, but it's still too subtle because you have Republicans softening the cushion. I feel. You know what I mean? If you just had the Democrats, wouldn't it? Would it? Let me just say one other thing here. I want to be very clear. I am not coming from a never Trump perspective, as you know. I'm coming from a holistic. If you had a very healthy conservative movement, very healthy Republican Party on state levels, healthy Republican leadership in Congress, and you didn't have the problems with the courts tossing out every last conservative thing we do in any state. I, I would I wouldn't be saying this, even if I didn't like Trump and felt that he was problematic. But it's the Trump excrement built on top of the excrement cake that we have. It's it's hopeless. It, it, this current movement it's only a one directional ratchet. The only way we could save this is by getting the ratchet off of us. And I feel the only way to get enough of an impetus to push it off is by just tightening it. I I, I just I don't see any other. Let, let me let, let me engage in game theory. We might have done this on a, p- a previous podcast. I apologize if I'm being redundant, but I want I want to make this case again. We, we're running out of time, and there's a lot of different facets to cover. You know, is it better to have Democrats win with regard to this that? But I want to cover the most important, the number one issue that everyone, the, no, the number one rationale people give for voting Republican now. They say the courts, and actually erroneously they limit it to the Supreme Court. Oh my gosh, we can't lose the Supreme Court. Joe, I mean, I'm not going to repeat what we've said so many times, what I've written so much this week in my book. We've lost the courts already. We've lost the legal profession already. There is enough nuclear jurisprudence, even if we successfully block any advancement of 14th Amendment craziness, to destroy the Republic 10 times over. You know, like they say, there's enough nuclear weaponry in the world to destroy the world seven times over. There's enough already there. You know, 30 years ago, maybe we could have stopped. That's over with. The lower courts are crazy. I mean, just this past week, they've thrown out a common sense abortion regulations, religious liberty laws, redistricting, forcing, a, um, you know, a private, you know, ChristianMingle.com to, um, you know, have, have gay couples. It, it, it's nonstop. He, 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 here's my problem. If we if we make this election a referendum on the Supreme Court, oh my gosh, it all boils down to this. If we elect Trump and we appoint one more originalist, whew, we're good to go. If not, we're lost. So think about this. You know how much political capital we'll have to expend to just get one more justice? If, if Republicans lose the Senate, I don't even see how they do it. Even if they keep the Senate, they're going to have to bust up the filibuster. Right, because not a single Democrat, we've reached the point where not a single Democrat will support an originalist. 
So you're going to have to expend a lot of political capital there. I mean, a lot. After all that, you die on the hill. Then what? Whoop-dee-doo, you replace Scalia. They still have a 5-4 majority in most cases with Kennedy. And as we pointed out, 99% of the cases are decided or take forever to even get there. The lower courts are even worse. So we're going to legitimize the process. Hey, Democrats say, hey, you guys got what you wanted. <laughs> what are you going to complain about the courts? And, and again, Joe, you mentioned this to me privately once. It's a matter of the, of the number of at-bats you get at the court. If we are in power, the other side will have all the at-bats because they're going to be hitting at all our policies. So it's, it's going to be even worse than it's been the last couple of years. All of the lawsuits will be, it will be against our stuff. And again, you're going to have the adjudication of many of these cases for the first time among Obama's judges. Obama has, has replaced 40% of the active district bench, about 33% of the active appellate bench. Um, that's built on top of a lot of existing bad guys, a lot of Reagan guys retiring. Um, th- this is not going to change. This is going to get worse. We're going to only legitimize that. It, what, what I'm trying to say is, I bel- look, you can always get worse. I'm not going to deny that. But what I'm trying to say is we've already incurred the liabilities of having the other side de facto control everything. Why don't we embrace the public perception benefits of just, you know, have, have your ball. Go, 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 go run the ball in the end zone without a, without a team on the field. Let everyone see how bad it is. Both perception-wise, you won't have this phony notion that Republicans are halfway to blame, too. And, and in actuality, it's gonna, it, I, I think the degree that it's going to get worse is worth it. We need it. Taxes are still low enough. The regs are too, they aren't apparent enough for most people that don't work in specific fields. Um, most people still haven't had their balls cut off by <laughs> um, transgender mandates yet. Um you know, they haven't yet been thrown in jail for adhering to Christianity or Judaism or whatever. It's got to get worse. I don't know. <laughs> I mean, we'll, we'll have to continue this discussion. But I, but, but I think I think the important thing is we both agree on the important premise is we're losing the culture. We're losing upstream. We're just fighting downstream. I mean, politics is all downstream. We have to find a way. You know, and I this is one idea. To many people, it might be, uh, you know, a painful short-term idea. But in the meantime, we need to be building up our state legislatures. We, we need to be working towards Article 5 conventions. We need to be working on judicial reform. We need to be working on primary reform, the way we elect our, our representatives, to our nominees through conventions, that we could get more men on the field to actually make a difference. I'm not, I'm not, I'm certainly not saying retreat. What I am suggesting here is a Dunkirk. I'm saying under the current system, we can't do anything. There's not, it's going to be bad anyway. Let them have the remaining 20% of Europe. We got to retreat from a position of strength, reform, formulate the best plan to invade the cultural Marxists four years later, two years later. You know, Normandy was almost exactly four years after Dunkirk. Do it from a position of strength, then go from there. But, um, Certainly a stimulating discussion here. You know, what do you guys think? What do you guys think? Do you think it's what do you think we have reached the point 
where it is actually strategically better for Democrats to win? And if the answer is no, what needs to happen? What do Republicans need to do? How much of a corrupted, counterintuitive vehicle do they have to serve as in order for us to finally say, we, we just we can't do this anymore? We need to rebuild a new ship. Tweet me at RM Conservative. Let me know your ideas. As always, thanks for listening. Make sure you subscribe. Become a CR Insider. Um, next week is the last week of the legislative session before uh, the congressional recess, which is going to last until September. So watch out. We are going to be very vigilant for, for pretty lousy stuff coming up uh, last minute. You, you you definitely want to become a CR Insider. We're going to have uh, our new emails coming out soon with our email system. Subscribe to LevinTV.com as always. Thank you for listening. Thanks for your time. God bless. This has been another episode of The Conservative Conscience. Conservative Conscience.